You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 744. The beginning of tomorrow, Legionnaires Zero. Welcome to episode 744 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and well, uh, as we discussed last week, uh, this week I am a Generations guy. Um, because after our discussion of, uh, of Generations, I, uh, I ordered myself a copy, and I get the feeling I am not the only one. It might be a catching condition. <laughs> it may have been contagious. <laughs> And, um, and so, uh, so yes, I received my copy on Friday and, um, which, you know, given the border and all the whatnots, I think is, uh, is a, a pretty good, uh, shipping speed. And I also along the way grabbed a copy of the, uh, ep- the spider slayers epic collection, uh, which oh, I'm nice. enjoying. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's that, that sweet spot of, uh, of, of early nineties Spider-Man just before the clone saga. <laughs> oh, oh, so it's a, it's a later story. I was thinking. Hey, oh yes. No, 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 no. It, it includes, I believe the trial of venom. Uh, which I haven't got to yet. So, is, so. what is it? Lar- is it? Is it? Um, it's Bagley, Farland, Larson, or oh, Bagley? Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of a uh, lot of Bagley and uh, little Michael Bear on a on the um, uh, Spider-Man Doctor Strange special uh, that it reprints at the beginning. So as much of a of a Larson a Larson shill as I am, I actually prefer Bagley on Spider-Man. He's my Bagley's artist. kind of uh, he. he, he Quickly became well. Quickly, I mean, over many years, both there and on Ultimate, um, became kind of a, uh, a a default for Spider-Man for me. Uh, without no, a doubt. I, I wasn't even thinking of Ultimate. I forgot he did. Yeah, that forever. He did. He uh, yeah. Well, he uh, they they beat the uh, the Kirby Lee run. Right. Right. Of they course. did a hundred. They did a hundred and ten issues. So, um, which is. Damn, that's a lot of books. Without missing a month. That's right. That's right. So that's actually that's actually impressive in this day and age. Uh, it totally is. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, so that's what I got. I now turn it over to Travis because Darren is on a mission in deep space. Hey everybody, this is Travis Elsor, and uh, not, not specifically this week, but the past few months, I was. Um, Dracula and Blade Lad, starting back around the beginning of November, I started reading all of Tomb of Dracula, both volumes, uh, The Dracula Lives. I bought bought all the complete Tomb of Dracula collections, Mm -hmm. Uh, the Vampire Tales anthologies, and then both the Blade collections that collect all his miniseries and solo series. Mm -hmm. I read it all now. Um, so, so that's a lot. Yeah, Tomb of but, Dracula. Speaking of like art teams that don't miss, Gene Colan, every mm-hmm. freaking issue, uh, amazing, uh, yeah. spectacular work. And uh, original Tomb of Dracula is all Gerber too, right? No, no, who wrote that? Marv Wolfman wrote ninety nine percent. Oh, it's Wolfman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't write like the first couple issues. 
but when he comes on, it it goes through like a lot of writers the first like six issues. Yeah, like I see. three or four writers, and then Wolfman takes over and he starts actually building up a cast and uh, you know brings in Bladen, Hannibal King, people like that. Um, and the first few have- issues also don't have Tom Palmer on Gene Colan, but when he gets on there, he's the best inker for him by far. Yeah, um, if you're going to ink uh, uh, Gene Colan, Palmer's kind of the guy. Yeah, and the 90s Tomb of Dracula series, they brought back for a four-issue prestige format series. Yeah. And I don't know why Tom Palmer didn't come back to ink him, because he still was inking at that point. I know he was busy on Avengers, mm-hmm. like inking and coloring, but they bring in Al Williamson, who's a fantastic inker as well, but it's just so different. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Much cleaner lines, and it's just... It's kind of jarring when you're used to mm-hmm. the Tom Palmer, the brush strokes, and you're like, well, oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, I think the series varied in quality quite a bit. Um, it was mostly good, though. Um, I haven't weird. read all of it, but what I found most interesting was it was a, it was a villain-focused book. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what makes it most unique is it's very much about Dracula, mm-hmm. even though he is the villain of the piece. Yeah. And uh, what's weird is like the 90 series when they bring it back. I don't know why, but all of a sudden they say Blade was uh, his mother was killed by Dracula when it was Deacon Frost in every comic before and after it. Right. Like, it is Wolfman. Why did he not remember? Was he trying to revise this? I don't know. Maybe. And, yeah. Maybe make it more personal. That is an odd choice if it had been I, previously established. Yeah, I don't know. And I can say with. Utmost confidence that every Blade solo comic is bad. Mm. Oh, no. Every, every single one. <laughs> Some of them have decent art, but they're just all bad. They're just. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, like it, well, Some people be try uh, ice skating uphill, so it's hard. And it's so weird because you can tell the point where like his movie came out in the 90s, and it was such a simple formula to follow. He's like, okay, just this. Guy that kills vampires, keep it simple. Oh no, they everybody has some unique spin they want to put on him and not keep it just simple. Oh no, vampires. they didn't make it simple. They're like, oh no, let's let's like uh create a huge team of mythical beings and involve shield and mind control and virtual reality. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, no, He's a half vampire who fights vampires. Yeah, it's like I, I don't know. They did. They just could. They couldn't get it together. It was. It was bad. And anyway, <laughs> next week I will talk about Namor because I've read all of his masterworks and I'm just about done with the Omnibus of the Burn series. Oh, Ooh. interesting. I've got like five issues left and I'll talk about that next week. Very nice. So no anyway, over to you, Michael. Interesting Namor ideas. All right. Uh, hi, everybody. Michael Grabois here. And uh, this weekend I am a travel lad uh, or at least travel planning lad. Uh, we've got a, uh, uh, if you recall last summer when I went to Alaska, um, I think I mentioned that my dad got COVID while on the boat and, uh, they refunded him basically all of the money that he had spent on the cruise for the time that he was sick and confined to quarters. Wow. And, And so, uh, we decided, hey, why don't we take that and put it towards another cruise? So we are looking at uh, going this May 
on a cruise around the British Isles, uh, London, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, ending mm-hmm. up in a um, uh, four or five days in London. And then my dad wants to go over to Normandy to see all the World War II stuff. So we'll spend one night in, uh, uh, in Paris before flying back home. And so that is a lot of uh, travel reading and yeah. and helping. Uh, we had a three-hour FaceTime with my dad and my sister today to try and figure out, okay, in this city, where do we want to go? And what kind of excursions do we want? And we're going in May and things are booking up already. So, mm-hmm. uh, so this is... This is, to me, this is one of the fun parts about going on vacation uh, like this is trying to figure out where you want to go. And out of all the things that are there that you want to see, how to pare it down into into an itinerary. And so so that's going to be fun. Um, And you'll be stuck without me for a couple weeks in May. I'm I'm sure the team can can suffer on without me. <laughs> as long as you leave notes. I will leave notes. <laughs> I will be I will be reachable, just not like right away. The uh it is currently a let's see, it'll be a six hour time difference. So the mm. uh um the podcast on Sunday, April 30th, uh, I won't be there. I'll be flying. I can't do a podcast from from in flight, though. Probably not, exactly. Yeah. Don't you worry. We'll bottle through with your notes. I, I, am, <laughs> I am positive that you guys will muddle through without me. Indeed. Uh, so that is it for me. Uh, over to you, Jim. Hey everyone, I'm Jim Purcell, and this week I am lectern lad. Uh, much like Paul, uh, after we discussed uh, that one page of uh, Generations Three Burns Generations, <laughs> I uh, got on InStockTrades.com and I poked around, discovered oh, this very chunky book is only twenty-five American dollars, and I can't buy it digitally. So if I ever want to read this book, I'm going to have to buy a physical copy of it. Yeah. Uh, the price was just too good to pass up. So I also bought a copy. It arrived. It is, in fact, a big, chunky book. Uh, but the, but it didn't stop there uh, because they also had the uh, Silver Age Legion of Superheroes Omnibus Volume 3 for only $20, which uh, is a crazy value, actually. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? I already bought one of these. I might as well buy two. Yeah. Uh, so I bought that. Now, to be fair, back in December, I did also get the uh, deluxe hardcover uh, volume one of Savage Dragon, which Larson has started putting out, which are, is also a oversized book containing 13 issues of Savage Dragon. So now yeah. I have three of these things, and they are big, much bigger than <laughs> I honestly care. I, I'm not a big fan of the omnibus format because of how big they are. I find them very unwieldy. I believe Paul was making jokes on the LEGION podcast about not reading them in bed. Oh yeah, you'll you'll die. They'll, yeah, they'll fall you'll they'll die. fall on your head and kill you. But um they're, they're like I the th- Tashin book. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I got a bad feeling I'm gonna be monitoring in stock trades from now on just to find omnibuses for uh, cheap prices and just just buy them because they're cheap. There it is. 
He's hooked. He's hooked. Now, there is one other omnibus I is a must buy. Uh, sometime in late next year. Well, this year now is 2023. So late 2023, um, Marvel is finally going to start reprinting cross-gen comics in omnibus format. Oh. So there's there a sigil, there's a complete sigil om, sigil omnibus coming oh. out fall of this year. And as a as a diehard cross-gen fan, I have absolutely no choice but to shell out whatever money is required. To own it. <laughs> Take oh. my money. As opposed to such a good series. Well, are there, it is a not available. Sorry, what? I said you buy the buy the omnibus instead of the uh, individual issues. Well, well, no, I already own all of those. Okay. It's more to send a message. I okay. Give me more cross-gen Marvel. Stop sleeping. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I love it. Yeah. Hi, everyone. It's, it's, I'm, oh, yep, go ahead. Still going, to him. That's cool. No, I'm, I'm done. Hi, I'm done. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Brent uh, Brickhill, and today I am Francophone kid. Uh, I've been getting my Jacques uh, Ficard on yesterday. Oh, uh, we have a, a really nice summer music festival called So Frenchy, So Chic. <laughs> and so I spent the day out in um, very nice English style garden, just think Downton Abbey. And um, they set the lawn up with umbrellas and hay bales and bring through a whole lot of French pop artists and serve French food all day. So I had some lovely moule frit, um, some um, mussels yesterday, and um, enjoyed a lot of very nice uh, Syrah um, listening to French music. So uh, nice. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. And over to you, Justin. All right, I'm Justin Bridge. Today I'm a Boston lad. Um, I got a. I, I feel like over a year ago I um, got very into HasLab. That's a Hasbro's uh, personal funding. You know, you have to. Well, not personal, but I guess you have to sort of fund objects. Their GoFundMe. Yeah. Uh, oh. And they crowdfunding me, to, to get very crowdfunding. Big thing. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of the right word. And they had a um, Ghostbusters being my favorite movie of my youth. They had the Proton Pack, and uh, I think oh. I forgot I ordered it. <laughs> and I felt about like last week. I got a, you know like, is this still your address? I'm like, uh oh. What have I done? <laughs> yeah, and it came today, and you know my son <laughs> refuses to watch anything I recommend to him. Yes. Even he was like, "This is pretty cool," and we like <laughs> put the big batteries into it, fired it up, and I'm like, "This is everything I ever wanted when I was 10. <laughs> oh, so it's yeah, a, that's it's a full size replica. Oh, it's a full. It's an adult size replica. It's pretty impressive. Wow. It cuts some weird corners, but it's got all. It lights up. It has sound. You can make it like the from the most recent movie, or you can tweak it to be the classic ones. Uh, you can attach. If I bought the wand about a year ago or two years ago, you know, just the 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 I don't know, gun part, this part, and you can plug it into that, and it'll power off the backpack, so you can turn it on. So we were. It was. It was pretty fun. So. We had a, I, I, we, I, we've been having an afternoon just doing lines from um, from Ghostbusters, not just doing. Yeah, it. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> my son, my son's, my son's eight. I don't need that, that kind of heat. <laughs> we work well. Scarface isn't my favorite movie, but um, <laughs> no. So it's uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, it's stupid, and I, you know, I felt like you know, I had to 
sort of justify it to the wife. It's like, this is now my Halloween costume forever. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me being economical about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, no, if you cost it out (laughs) yearly and you you figure I'm living, hopefully at least another decade, it's like like they're giving us money. (laughs) I mean, how could you afford not to really? Yeah. It'd be ridiculous. Like it's a, you know, <laughs> so, uh, now all I need are beige coveralls, but I feel like that's got to be the cheap part. <laughs> and, and plus, you've got you know kids that can use it someday. Oh, oh! I already. I'm like, won't you want to be a Ghostbuster? <laughs> you could bring this. So we'll see. Although now, you know, I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm trying to keep it easy. You know, we have some vacation. You know, with all the vacation talk, we've we finally sort of are coming out of our COVID shell. And mm-hmm. I think we're, we're starting to think about vacation, so we want to certainly be on the more frugal side for a while, uh, so we can do some some you know good vacations. And uh, although now all of a sudden you're like uh, in stock trades, I'm like, oh, I need a official handbook of the Marvel Universe update. I'm sure they have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's money, there's money that's going to be spent. And what's this? A kit to convert your car into Ecto One? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that I. Uh, I mean, I have. Now that you mentioned it, I have a white SUV. I think all I would need is decals. Oh but, well, that, oh yeah. Let's see. That's that's inexpensive. Yeah, but like, come on, a late '70s Cadillac hearse. I'm. I'm. That's not. That can't be easy to get your hands on. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. So I, who do I throw to today? Uh, it's me, uh, Mo Walker. I'm back. Yeah. Again. Hey, Mo. Hey, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, hey, I yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I cannot follow up Justin's story with about a proton pack. You know, I mean, <laughs> like seriously, that tip my hat to you. I mean, that yeah, that's totally seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um. This week, I am G-Boy. Um, I've been catching up on the newest uh, Mobile Suit Gundam series, The Witch from Mercury, I'm sure. Uh, Jim. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so um, if you not are not. Up, oh, you, you are. OK. Yeah, it's it takes an interesting turn. If you're not familiar with the, the uh, Mobile Suit Gundam franchise, it is an anime series that's been. Yeah coming out back from from the 70s and 77 same year as star wars yeah or 79 <laughs> one of those two <laughs> it's one of those two but back in the 70s and and so they have a new television series that's that's airing um the first 12 episodes aired this past fall just wrapped up um, a week ago it's going to go on hiatus until the spring and then we'll get another batch of 12 uh, basically this this new series is interesting because it has it has stars a female protagonist the franchise doesn't often do female f- protagonists. In fact, this is the first television series that stars a female protagonist. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. So it, it, it's fairly interesting if if you like giant mech. Um, I will say that it's very different than any previous Gundam series, where it, at least initially the first ten episodes. You start off in a uh, STEM school setting where the students are comp- building mobile suits and competing mobile suits, having duels. And, you know, if anything, it kind of reminds me of some traditional anime, uh, Revolutionary Girl, Utena, and some of those uh, uh-huh. school set uh, series. A lot of, you know, people falling in love, a lot of teen angst, 
But on the backdrop, you have all these political machinations with the adults and things get a little bloody and people Oh, you don't dying. say. In a yes. Gundam series. In a Gundam series. Things don't, oh, you know, I see you've say. got a perfect family unit there. Be, uh, be a little shame if anything happened to that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there there's some family units that that are decimated. Uh, I will say by the end of the, these first twelve episodes. So, wow! Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget, war is bad. Says Gundam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that is awesome. That sounds great. It is. Well, welcome everyone. We're gonna um, after we talk about a little bit of Legion news, we'll get into the next issue of of the reboot. But is there any Legion news? I got a little sort of newsish. <laughs> a newslet. Yeah, a newslet. Um, <laughs> so Warner Brothers this week released uh, some new stills and some footage from the upcoming. Legion uh, movie, except the footage in the stills only featured Supergirl and Solomon Grundy with a big gun, a BFG. And uh, I can only speculate that it's her her handling of the Grundy situation, which gets Superman to say, you know, why don't we stick you off and send you to school in the 31st century? for a little while uh, to kind of tighten up your powers and stuff like that. But uh, that's, that's all that I know of uh, from that. Unless anybody has. Michael, did you, did you catch the Batman Superman video related to that movie? The who's so the there, was, there was a, a release, I think it was on CBR um, of Batman talking to Superman about, her um, reckless powers and how she was destroying buildings and he needed to get her under control. Um, so that video is out there too, oh, okay. um, which provides the motivation for sending her to the future. So I, I knew that's why she got sent there, but I had not seen that video clip. So that's out there. It's out there. It's out there. I had another um, tidbit as well. Um, I picked up the John Stewart, the Emerald Knight book this week and um, Marzel where um, Tyrock comes from, um, right? Gets gets an origin in the book. So the book's actually about the origin of the city. Oh, um, interesting. And that link we've talked about for a long time of the fact that um, Troy Stewart and John Stewart have the same surname <laughs> starts oh. to take on a whole lot more relevance. So interesting. Uh, I think that classifies as a legion. Absolutely, uh, certainly. News this week. So. Especially since it's about Tyrock. Yeah, and like you need to be a completionist to collect that issue. I wouldn't recommend going out and buying it for a great legend story. It's literally one sentence in the uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So don't, don't get too excited. But you know, if they ever bring Tyrock back, um, I mean, you know, who knows? <laughs> Thank you. I'm just talking about Tyrock. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, there we go. I feel like we're missing a Tyrock interjection there. Who is it? It must be Darren that usually makes that, is it? No, he's the one that says, shut your mouth. That's right. Yeah. Yep. It yeah. was missing. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. There we go. There we go. All right. So um, where did we leave our, our intrepid uh, legionnaires off? 
I believe um, uh, Brand had just made them an offer. That they did not refuse. Uh, we also saw that Doyle uh, was more involved than we thought. That's right. That's right. Um, so, uh, Mo, you going to take us through this one, buddy? Yeah, sure. Thanks. All right. Fantastic. Well, I can go off. I can go ahead and start by describing the cover, unless Travis will please do that. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, I'll give you the credits: Jeff Moy pencils, Carl Story inks, and Tom McCall colors. Great, thank you. Um, cover for Legionnaires Zero. In the background, we have the three founders: Cosmic Boy, Livewire, Saturn Girl. In the foreground, we have Apparitia, Apparitia sticking her hand through uh, the E in uh, the Legionnaires. Uh, Title and we have uh, Triad who is split into three, running about, and of course we have you know Livewire with a display of his electrical powers, you know, with a giant hand holding up, you know, as you do in the '90s, you know, where you just you just want to show off your powers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, if it's Travis, since you may or may not have done a. Um, uh, a a display showing Triad's costume. Um, did she have the costume that split like this? I don't remember. In yes. the SW6, it was? The same as Legionnaires, yeah. Okay. All right. I got to say something. Say something. Jeff Moy is about to go on one of the most epic Legion runs for any artist on this title. Oh, yeah. They're one of my favorite artists ever. And this cover nice. right here is ama- is great. I love this cover. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I like the sort of the the shadow and starfield uh, thing that they're doing. So oh, it's. Yeah. Uh, I love more. I, I I mean I as much as I love the teasing about the tongue and stuff. I think <laughs> I think he's a great legion artist, especially if we're sort of building out the extension of the legionnaires i think this is you know the, the more fun loving younger mm. uh, upbeat uh legion than the one we we sort of just left um in the five years later and, and, and he captures started, that use that youth yeah he's fun like it's a fun team one and he i think he even does i mean you don't see it well actually you see it pretty quick um, he does. He does action fantastic. I think he does like a lot of great poses. He's good with the Sprouse stuff. I mean, I think he's in fact like a very nice extension of a lot of the technology mm-hmm. stuff that we saw under Sprouse. I think Moy replicates very, very well. It's kind of think- nuts. As good as he is, this Legionnaires run is like his most notable work, and I think he basically disappears after this. Yeah, pretty. He much. only just comes back for that Legion Star Trek crossover. Yeah, yeah, he was off into uh, video games. Yeah, video game work. Yeah, and yeah, it's good work if he can get it. And I, if I remember correctly, I, I believe um, uh, Moy did some work on some Star Trek books through Wildstorm, and I'm fairly positive he did an issue or two of Gen 13. Some oh, yeah. work there as well. Hmm. Well, I guess that makes that that explains why he's such an ideal fit. It was such an ideal fit for the uh, uh, Star Trek uh, Legionnaires or Legion crossover. And I had not remembered um, until we 
were doing our five year later run that Jeff was the artist for the last few issues on there. Yeah. Uh, I, I had only remembered him from the start of the, of the reboot series. Well, yeah. he, he did, he did the Elseworld. What else did he do? He did several issues of the, I don't remember if it was Legion. Oh, that's right. He did do the main title. No, wait, no, that's not it. I don't think so. He did one of the books, but I had not remembered that he was on it before the reboot. Uh, I'm pretty sure the only issue he did was that, uh, the Elseworld annual. (laughs) Which one was that? That was the, uh, that was the King Arthur one. Yes. Yeah. At least that's based on the, uh, I'm on, I'm on comic vine that has all the, uh, credited for him, and I'm only seeing his on Legionnaires. I'm only seeing him with, on issue zero and above. I also like that we have uh, Phantom Girl. Sorry, Fanty, um, phasing through <laughs> this title. <laughs> Take a drink. Let the nickname is, uh, die. Never let it is, die. Uh, never let it die. <laughs> that was aberration. Completely That's right. Character. Yes. Yes, yes, completely different. Much like Faze. She she's Appy. <laughs> Appy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. Jim, he, he did do issue fifteen. Um Oh, it's not credited on here. All right. Uh and I think he might have done one or two prior to that well there we go but there you go so even if it was one issue it was more it was one issue more than i had remembered there we go all right okay take us in all right gather together from all corners of the galaxy to uh personify the united unity of our universe the Legion of Superheroes. Yes. Representing the brave and the good of the citizens in our galaxy. The Legion stands ready to protect and serve all the worlds of the United Planets. So really like the shot. Um, I just want to say it, it feels very X-Men-ish. And in terms of the very generic uniforms that your teen superheroes would have. Yes. Um, it, it's it's a nice shot. It, honestly, this could have been a cover shot. Um and the issue of the title is Close Encounters. Uh, Mark Way, Tom McCraw plot, Jeff Moy pencils, Ron Boyd inks, Pat Brousseau letters, Tom McCraw words and colors, Mike McCavaney, assistant editor, Casey Carlson, putting it all together. Uh, that's a good note that uh, they are very reminiscent of the original X-Men, uh, the, the, student, you know, the clunky student uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, turn the page. Uh, I don't believe this. And so this is what those vid shots were for. Hey, we're infotainment. And then we have, um, as part of the commercial, let's take a closer inside look at our founding legionnaires. (laughs) A Magno Ball champ at age 15, Rock Crin of Brawl, now uses his magnetic abilities for the benefit of the entire galaxy, going by the code name the media have given him. Cosmic Boy. Having turned down a promising career with the Science Police, 15-year-old 
Emma Arden of Titan now puts her natural telepathic abilities to better use as the Legionnaire called Saturn Girl. Remember, 15 years old. <laughs> Garth Rand's Winneth isn't your average 14-year-old. His unique ability to project electromagnetic, electromagnetic lightning blasts give him the Legionnaire a much-needed spark. He is truly a live wire. Oh, clever. Strong, brave, united. The Legion of Superheroes. The uni- and of course, you know, they have this disclaimer <laughs> in, the, in the bottom right-hand corner. It says, like, <laughs> United Planets, the glory of tomorrow is today. A paid-for announcement by United Planets Federation, 29, uh, 2994-06. Um, <laughs> Start it. <laughs> and so we can do and then we have uh next scene with um Rand. It's a so what do you think? Mm-hmm. What happened to the lightning lad named Mr. Brand? Mm-hmm. Of course, this is this is Garth asking. Yeah. And then Emma's holding her face and says, I'm so embarrassed. Marketing thought Livewire was a fresher, more noticeable name, son. And we want the Legion to get all the notice. It can right now. And I just want to point out Saturn girl wearing the green and yellow from her original appearance. That's right. The That's... And and uh, Garth has the red pants. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then Emma, Emma, Emma chimes in. Is that why we're making this appearance at the UP conference later today to get noticed? Your presentation to the United Planets Assembly is very important, my dear. Without their official sanctioning, the Legion of Superheroes will never become a reality. If it requires a little diplomatic nonsense to get the, the th- get things started, then we have to do it. And of course, Emma's like, well, and Brand replies, trust me, everything will be fine. You'll see. Ah, here comes Marla with your uniforms. And of course, in the background of this, we have um, Lauren New, you know, just walking around with the, the touch pads and everything. And of course, we got Mar- um, Marla show- showing up, you know, minus the Ultra Dragon shirt. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone cheer. It's Marla. Yeah, it's Marla. Hello, RJ. Here are the new outfits the kids asked for. And then Brand says, new outfits? And then at the bottom of the page, we got, damn it. And before we turn that, I just want to point out, I really like uh, Brand's giant sideburns. Oh, they are. They are positively Merdonian. Absolutely. <laughs> Tyrockian, even. Indeed. It, they look like something Growl would have drawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've changed scenes. Um, and now we're in a... Well, I wouldn't say this is a smoke-filled room, but it's a back room somewhere. And mm-hmm. it's, it's all happening too fast. What is, sir? The United Planet's garbage. The galaxy joining together. Brand's to blame for this. First it's damn Stargates. Now this Legion he's developing. Well, it's going to end today. Mm-hmm. Have all the preparations been made for the conference? Yes, sir. Everything's taken care of. It better be. I don't need another failure on my hands. In one shot, the hope of a unified galaxy 
brand and his three legion little his three little pets will be destroyed. Then we can step in and take what we want. Now go make sure all of our guests stay for the festivities. And we have like a minion with you know some cyclops ass glasses saying, Yes, sir. <laughs> Continuing on. Cut cut to another scene with the United Planets. We have a young Tenya Wazo. Mom's gonna kill me. I can't believe I left these documents behind at the hotel. Why can't I do anything right for once? Come on, Tenya. Come on. Then we move inside the uh, UP uh, delegation building. Attention, delegates. The General Assembly meeting will begin shortly. And then we have Tenya. You know, we have thought balloons. We have actual thought balloons. In this. Yes. And, huh? and, uh, Tenya, and then we get Tenya's thought balloons. Like, luckily, it's getting pretty crowded in here. Maybe she won't notice I'm late. <laughs> there she is. I better get to her fast before the meeting starts. And then, of course, we. We got a little bit. Uh, this we've got uh, her mother. Uh, well, I'm probably spoiling things for a little bit, but uh, we have President Wazu saying, "Yes, I'm sure. In your opinion, you're right, Prefect." Also, we have Jean Luc Picard in the audience. <laughs> and uh, notice, notice what is in the uh, uh, in the middle of the hall there. Right, so that's the uh, the UP globe that used to be out in in Weisinger Plaza. Right, the one that we saw Doyle with. <gasps> right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's important. Last issue, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we kind of get a hint at that on the previous page where we have Doyle, you know, playing with what looks like one of those orbs. Right. Yeah, and so, and of course, and, and cut. The, Next page, we got uh, Tenya, you know, she's a little discombobulated. She actually walks through the um, giant planetary orb, oh. and, and she says, that's weird. Why does the globe have... Mm. And um, I guess we've got a, a Scalarian who is speaking. At, um, Did you see that? She just walked through the UP globe. And then, of course, I'm assuming and that's her... Mother, we can't. It's yeah. not enough detail, but we're saying, Tenya Wazo, get over here now. And then there's another alien delegate who's like, gasp. Looks a bit like <laughs> ET or a xenomorph. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's ET's, yeah. ET's finger pointing up there. Somewhere <laughs> in between. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I love this panel here. It's like, are you purposely trying to embarrass me in front of the whole galaxy? Oh, I didn't. You didn't think is what you didn't do. How could you dis? How could you show such disrespect? But mom, the globe, just sit down and be quiet. You know, the classic mom tugging on your ears. You're trying yeah, to totally you know, convey some important information, and she's like, you know, she just doesn't have time for it. Which, you know, which will come back to bite her. Um, and so we have order, order. Delegates, we have convened here at the request of Mr. R.J. Brand, whose Stargate technology has revolutionized space travel and helped bring our worlds closer. Today, however, he offers us a proposal that we, uh, we can make our planets what they should be, truly united, Mr. Brand. Thank you, Madam President. But why didn't 
we just bring them out instead. And I, I do want to apologize because earlier I uh, mislabeled uh, Tenya Wazo's mother as the president, but um, and if I remember correctly, that does occur some time later. Um, yeah, so I, yeah. I think a, a delegate at, at least, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah this uh, is President Chu. President Chu, correct. Chu, yeah. Yeah. And so um, very – getting back to President Chu. Very well, delegates. I give you the living s- symbol of our unity, the Legion of Superheroes. Dun, 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 dun. You know, and, and of course, here's Chu, and she's like uh, – giving Brand a little earful, but not, not a little tuggy, you know. She's not giving a little tug. She's just like, uh, Brand, those <laughs> uniforms. Brand I really is- like the the previous panel there where, where Rob, you can just see hints of the uniforms on um, the bottom of the previous page. Mm, and right. it's just got like a, a, a glimpse of the Legion belt. You know, you've got um, um, Imra's gloves that will become really symbolic for her costume moving forward and the pouches and yeah it's it's a cool shadow i think he's yeah. using shadow really well more yeah. Yeah. Actually. yeah yeah and brands brands like well they look, but they look much better than the first set i agree madam president and then president she's like hmm, yeah yes as planetary protection force and de facto ambassadors to non-UPA wor- UP worlds, these legionnaires represent the best from all our planets to all worlds. And then we have a delegate, and I'm not sure about the race of these delegates speaking up. Um, if folks feel feel free to chime in. Um, no, I'm, so, so, they're very Star Warsy, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm sure they have like some sort of muffled voice with their, you know, with their yeah, fighting apparatuses saying, "President, President Davos does not despise police full fill the role of protectors." And another one chimes in, "Are we not capable of sending out more profession, sending out professional, more mature ambassadors when needed?" <laughs> So it and, looks like um, it looks like um, Matarita lad coming in through the door in the background there. Isn't is he possibly in an ambassadorial role already? Or no, that's, not. Oh, that's no, that no. Guy from, uh, isn't that the guy from page two? Yeah, oh, that's the, the one with the, um, the, Cyclops. the goggles. Yeah, the oh, Cyclops looking fine. Oh, yeah. okay. Shadowy there, yeah. yeah. He's handling the doors. <laughs> <laughs> No one's getting out. Yeah, no, no, because that comes into play later, in like a, in a in like a three panels. There you go. <laughs> and so here, here we have Cost talking. He says quietly, he's like, I don't think this is going over very well. And Garth pipes up, Yeah, well, Emma's like, Shh, I'm picking up an unusual amount of stress throughout the room. It's it's almost at a panic. I'm giving the room a quick scan to see what's going on. <laughs> and then you know, over in the corner, we have, you know, a few, uh, an SP officer, a few delegates who are trying trying to do the door, you know, as, as Justin yeah. alluded to, you know, yeah. SP officers like, what's the problem? The door's jammed. Every one of them. Cut back to the Legionnaires. Hey, if we can solve what's going on, it might look good in front of the delegates. Just be careful not to alarm anyone telepathically. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know. 
you know, we've got, and I'm, I'm assuming at this point, you know, she's holding her hands up to her temple and, you know, scanning everyone and, you know, kind of getting a cross section of some thoughts. Section of some thoughts. Yeah. Here we go. Treaty. Increase our sector. Only children. Will never work. Wires inside. And then there's somebody's wins lunch. Could that wins lunch be matter eater lad? <laughs> it could be. And I, I, it could I know be a lot of people think that in meetings in general, right? It's like when's yeah. lunch. Yeah. And then, of course, we, you know, we cut to the next page, and we've got um, this really interesting um, panel with uh, Imra and Tenya. You know, Imra's kind of locked in now on one individual, and it seems, and it's ten, uh, Tenya's thoughts. It's that dumb globe shouldn't be in in globe and then we have emra uh, speaking up wires in the globe a bomb and uh, live wires garth is like huh no. uh and then uh, we got a couple delegates that did you hear a bomb and then like of course we've got Folks scattering, it's mass panic in the room. You know, you got one guy kind of climbing, climbing over some desks and so forth. It's like, get me out of here. Depart, we must now. Sorry, I didn't. And then, well, before we, we get to that, we got, um, of course, we get the, uh, the Legionnaires in, in sort of the background in shadow again. Um, we got Garth saying, smooth move, Emra. <laughs> smooth move. I mean, like, <laughs> 1990s jargon has somehow made it to the 20 to 29 2990s you know everything's Smooth. a cycle it comes back in style it comes yeah and we got emro saying sorry i didn't and then uh rock is saying save it just calm the calm down uh just calm the crowd down telepathically while livewire and i take care of the bomb you're sure it's in the globe and then Emma responds, I'm not, but someone here thinks they saw something. Livewire, you can give me an opening to the outside. Just watch me, bub. I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's a cut to the next panel. There's a large explosion. It's, uh, you know, the top of the dome for the UP building is, is blown off. And we've got people outside, like, running around wondering what's going on. Someone's saying, what the... And we've got another uh, bystander saying, someone's destroying the UP building. And back inside the UP building, you know, um, <laughs> we've got like the roof kind of caving in on folks now. And um, Kaz is saying, I didn't mean the ceiling, Garth. And Garth is like, so sue me. It, it's, it was the only area that was clear. And, <laughs> and then we have... Um, Lore news thing, blessed Trinity, the roof, and we have brand of all people seeming to spring into action. Madam President, as he leaps towards President Chu, and then uh, Lore New, you know, decides to take decisive action by splitting in three. She says he'll never make it unless, and each one of uh, each 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 one of the Lore News like. Um, you know, either pushes Chew and Bran out of the way or take the hit, and one is like, move it now. 
And then we cut back to uh, to Rock, and he's you know he's doing his cosmic boy thing, and he's like, "Ugh, this is heavier than I thought. Can't fail now. Too many lives at risk." Of course, you know he's using his his magnetic abilities to lift the the globe, which contains the bomb, out of the hole that Garf put in the ceiling, and he says, "Come on, move. Don't know how much time we've got. Move." And then we cut to the next exterior panel. Boom. We got, so we got kablam. Close enough. Take a drink. There we go. <laughs> and then back inside we have, you know, we're taking care of those pesky do- locked doors now through uh, a combination of magnetism and electricity. And, you know, we have, boom, crack. We have, um, Taz saying, so much for the doors. Saturn girl, what are you? Shh, I'm concentrating. So now we have her, you know, hands on her temples. You know, she is really in the zone. She is in the game now. And so uh, Emra says, so how many uh, thoughts to sort there? Those two are responsible for locking the doors. And we cut to our, our um, you know, Cyclops cosplayer um, <laughs> and a friend of his is like, grief, we'd better book. And we have the three legionnaires chasing after them. You know, uh, Livewire is taking the lead in this. It says, they're getting away. Let's go. Kaz is saying, right behind you. Meanwhile, we've got like a sea of delegates. You know, there's, of course, chaos. People are just trying to find their their friends, loved ones, whomever. We've got um, Tenya's mother, um, Representative Wazo, saying, you know, calling out for Tenya. Tenya, where are you? And you know, before we hit the bottom of the page, we've got a you know small word balloon that says "close call." Um, and again, we're back out. We're outside the bill, the UP delegate building, and we have Garth saying, "We can't have lost them out here already." And then uh, Saturn Girl says, "We didn't over there." You know, we've got you know our our cosplaying friend. You know, he's pushing like a couple pushing someone out of the way. Literally, he says, out of the way. And the guy says, ugh. And of course, we're, we're now into, like, you know, the seedier side of yes. uh, Metropolis. So, you know, as this panel says, so, and this is Kaz talking, says, so this is the darker side of Metropolis. And Gar's like, I've been here before. It's even more dangerous than it looks. So watch your backs. He's he's 14, by the way. Remember, <laughs> and and you notice uh, who's on the sign right there, hanging off the wall. Uh, it's Eccentrica Gallimbits. Don't you remember who she is? I yeah, refresh my memory. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. She's the triple-breasted oh, dwarf from Eroticon Six. Oh my god. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is fantastic, and and it looks like stealth is looking no, out. Yeah, I'm not saying it looks like stealth yeah. up the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I will say about the Moy artwork. That what I one of the things I do like in that is that you know we've we have all these like little Easter eggs in <laughs> in the panels, and there's so much in there that you can just sit there and just try to decipher everything, which I think is one of the really fun parts of this era of absolutely of the franchise is just 
I, yeah. I think we're going to have to add another rule to the drinking game for uh, for Jeff Moy Easter eggs and tongues. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm I'm wondering if this is the 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 new suicide slum or. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, exactly. But apparently, it's just right around the corner from the convention center. <laughs> yeah, or from the from the uh, United Nations, which is insane. But isn't the whole point of like Metropolis in the future? Isn't it canon that it's not only Metropolis, but it now, or at least a thousand years from now, it's also New York, like Boston, Washington D.C. It's like one giant city. Yeah, pretty yeah, much everything. Yeah, this is literally right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's like the lower levels of Coruscant or something like that. Maybe we're under <laughs> under the UP hey, Plaza now. Well, you know in, what? You go you go to the like you know the the conference call that's next to the Staples Center in Los Angeles. That it, that neighborhood is not great. <laughs> no, but it's, but it's not, that's it's that's not that's, eccentric that's, Can I can I ask a stupid question real quick about the tongue? Where, where are you talking about seeing a tongue here? Oh, uh, I don't think we've seen it yet. No. I, but. Something that Jeff Moy does, like, yeah. the, like sticking the tongue out. He's spending a lot of time putting very funny faces on Garth in this issue. There's a lot of very <laughs> odd lip movements going on with Garth. It's uh, definitely he's playing with this whole thing. Yeah, so there are no tongues in this issue yet. Okay. Because I was wondering if you're talking about on the next page where you see uh, um, Saturn Girl in the middle panel. No, this is a a classic anime uh, girl sticking her tongue out. Okay, so it's a full on. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll keep you'll, an eye out. You'll see, it, you'll see it when it's there. Yeah, you'll know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right, so, all right. So back to the panel. Um, we've got still have Simon Girl says, "Quiet, you two. I'm losing them." And of course, you know she's getting back to business, putting her hands back against her temples. You know, and then we have you know our. Um, our, our hinge person, you oh, know, yeah. hiding amongst some uh, debris, some uh, boxes, some crates or something, saying, damn, there are too many strong. Em- oh, no, no. Par- pardon me. This is, this is, star- so, excuse me. This is um, star- uh, Saturn Girls talking. says, damn, there are too many strong emotions around to uh, sort through. They could be anywhere now. And then, of course, looking on is our hinge person. And then cut to the next panel, you know, he, he sort of pops out of there's a crash. He sort of pops out of behind all these crates and then Garth turns and says, Hey, there's one of them. And then, uh, the hinge person says, or, um, he says, what now the boxes, they move themselves. Damn kids. You've screwed up everything. Of course we get the Scooby-Doo reference. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yep. And then suddenly, you know, everything metallic is, um, so, um, surrounding this hinge person. He's like, I'll argh, get this stuff off of me. Get it off. You know, I've got, and Kaz is following up by saying, I've got this guy. You two scout ahead for the other one. And if we had a thumbs up from Garth that says, no problem. And of course, you know, clearly, you know, we're, we're doing the little Kim testing now because we've, we've sent Garth and Emro off on like a little side mission. Um, Garth's saying, picking up anything? Um, and uh, Siren Girl's like, no, the trail's gone cold. We'll have to search each building. Garth says, I guess we'll start with this one. 
and uh, Saturn Girl says, just be careful, Livewire. Um, and then, of course, now, you know, he, he can't, he doesn't have any sort of retort for this, but other than say, uh, thanks, you too, Emra. And um, we've got somebody looking through some sort of scope, looking at Emra, um, and Emra saying, hmm, picking up familiar pattern, that's it. And next page, you know, we've got um, the other uh, hinge, the hinge person's partner, you know, lining up to take the shot at uh, Saturn Girl. And she, and she says, just hold still, you mind probing brat. And then <laughs> leaping into action is Tenya, who's a, who comes, you know, Kitty Pride style now, phasing, you know, because this feels like a Kitty <laughs> Pride move, you know. Totally. Screams, no. And then um, the henchwoman says, what the? And we've got bla- just straight blaster fire going up, bzz, 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 you know, just going all over the place. And, um, you know. Saturn Girl's like trying to dodge, and here comes um, Livewire and says, Saturn Girl, get out of there. <laughs> Saturn Girl say, What do you think I'm trying to do? <laughs> and then the uh, henchwoman says, Get away from me, you alien freak. And of course, you know, trying to hit, hit Tenya. Tenya's uh, fa- uh, phasing at this point, so it's useless. And, mm-hmm. and then um, it seems like the next panel is like, um, the hinge, hinge person is being zapped because um, they're standing in a puddle of uh, some sort of liquid. And um, Livewire is saying, "Thanks for help for the helping hand, friend. I'll take charge now." And Duh, see what he did there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we've got <laughs> we've got the uh, Looney Tunes style, uh, you know, hair all over the place. Uh, the hinge person is like <laughs> screaming. <laughs> So, um, you know, and here, here comes Kaz um, showing up, you know, you know, in, in any way, it reminds me of Fred showing up after they've, you know, Scooby in the game and captured the goat, uh, captured the uh, villain. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he's like, yes. he's like, uh, you know, what happened? Uh, and then, uh, he's always like, <laughs> yeah, not much. We're, we're just finishing up here. Got anything, Emra? And uh, no, but then this isn't the the best place to do a proper scan. And uh, again, playing with a little bit of shadow again, we have um, uh, Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl talking, um, directly facing uh, Tenya, and uh, Cos is saying, who's this? And then uh, Saturn Girl says, "Uh, this is the girl who not not only just saved my life, but also discovered the bomb in the globe. Thanks. And we have Tenya on on camera now, and she introduces herself. It's Tenya, Tenya Wazu. Sorry if I caused any trouble. I just wanted to help you guys uh, stop mm. these creeps and maybe earn a little respect in the process. And then here we have live war of the. Well, you've certainly did that. You know, the lady here has some sort of phasing talent that could be useful to have in the Legion. And then Kaz um, pipes in. I agree. I also got someone in mind who could, who could be a who someone in mind who could be a valuable member. Someone who pulled quite a save during the panic. Three someones, in fact. And uh, next page, 24 hours later, you know, and, uh, you know the, the roaring crowd, you know, um, meeting these new, newest legionnaires, people of Earth, please give a well welcome to the United Planet's newest representatives, Livewire, Saturn Girl, 
Cosmic Boy, Apparition, and Triad, the Legion of Superheroes. And then we've got people chanting, Legion, Legion, Legion. Um, By the way, before we go on to the next page, um, according to the quasi-official ages of the of the Legionnaires, um, Apparition is also supposed to be 15, and Triad is 16. So okay. keep that in mind when you're reading and, and seeing what they're doing. You know, and here you comes the, the, the name confusion as well. We've got Apparition and Triad, Livewire. So we've got three of the new names. And, yeah. Uh, two classic names, Satin Girl and Cosmic Boy. And uh, uh, we, I think we said last week that we take a drink when we've got a, a twist on, on something we had seen before, but but those aren't twists yet because we saw them in the SW6, right? Yes, we did. What, yeah. the names? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's not, don't take a drink yet. Not yet. I think the pouches are really the only twist we've seen at this point. Like it's, um, I think they tweaked they're coming. They're coming. I think they tweaked apparitions uniform a little bit. Yeah. Uh, no, that's basically the Sprouse one. They they yeah. later yeah. changed it a little bit. Oh, I thought Is she. It, had, I thought the Sprouse one. Did she have? I thought she had all white legs or something. But maybe no, that's not. later. Oh, okay. We we get a lot more of Tinya's mother from here on in. Is that a twist? Like I think yeah, she had a much less prominent role previously. Yeah, we didn't really see. Um, was she even in well, the UP as a delegate in in previous versions of the Legion? I don't think so. No. no. She and this no, mother like, daughter. We, we saw her. Like she didn't she role, show right? up? Didn't she show up at the beginning of the uh, of the Conway run? Um, she may have had a you, cameo there. I think the her her first real appearance was in the Secret Origin story that the Beer Bombs wrote. The one that right. had like stowing away on a freighter to try mm. and stop space pirates or something like that. Mm. And she's in that Who's space Who pirate. reunion, isn't she? Where the, all the parents come together in Who's Who in the Legion. I feel I like she's in that. Don't recall. I, I thought she was. I, I mean, I think everyone was part of the uh, uh, the whole thing where Dagon the Avenger um, kidnapped a bunch of the parents. Uh, but maybe she wasn't. I, I, I don't. I don't. But she's that. certainly going to get a big, big um, role moving forward. So we're going to see a lot more yeah. of her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, just uh, switch to the next page. Um, we still got you know crowd chanting Lee John Lee John, and you know up above, we are um, clearly on some sort of balcony. We have uh, Brand, you know, hung head hung over a bit, and. Um, Dom, she was a great assistant. And then President Chu, you know, just kind of give him a little pep talk. So, well, we knew some sacrifices would need would have to be made, Brand. They appear to be a big hit. I'm sure they'll be even more popular after their missions. After mission, what are you talking about? We need them to do something more galactic, something the media can play with. And then, you know. Brand is like, absolutely not. The Legion isn't some PR vid bit for the UP. That's not what we agreed on. And I won't let you use them like 
puppets. They're not strong enough yet and certainly not ready for any missions. Good day, Madam President. I said good day. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we have President Chu just thinking, <clears throat> yeah, yes, I agree. Yes, Brand, I agree. They're not ready yet. And then <laughs> she um, calls her a, 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 some sort of assistant. Javen, get me in touch with the science police. But first, take a memo. Yeah, before before we go, on, I I do want to um, uh, pipe in with, with um, this notion of the Legion being a publicity stunt and work about marketing and so forth. I don't re really recall this coming up a whole lot previously. Am I correct? No, they were not a marketing stunt. Yeah, it, yeah. It was it was taken a lot more seriously. Than, than just that. Yeah. Well, so, and the idea was that they were basically, you know, Brand kind of started them off and, uh, and and let them be really, for the most part, autonomous. Um, and so they did things for the United Planets, but they weren't put together by the United Planets. So I, this part of me just wonders, is this an influence of, by this point, you know, Youngblood, for instance, has been going. And that's, you know, baked into the DNA of that comic. where you This idea of, of, of um, <clears throat> uh, superheroes being, I mean, we saw it in uh, Justice League International, for that matter, right? Being put together so, so, by someone. F Go ahead. Super superheroes, celebrity superheroes. Yeah, yeah. This I don't is, think um, I don't think Mark Wade decided to rip off uh, Youngblood. But it was kind of a trend at the time, though, to have more uh, media yeah. awareness of your superheroes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we like I say, we had seen it a, a couple of years before with uh, Justice League International and uh, and this and Youngblood. You know, all those kind of things, the idea of uh, of celebrity superheroes, you know, or or uh, corporately sponsored or, you know, somehow sponsored superheroes was nothing was was something that was uh, that was definitely a, a trope at the time. And so this this definitely picks up on that. Plus, it, all, it also makes sense. I mean, I think. You know, no one like like we said last week. No one cared, and you know, when in the '60s when they made them, or, or it was just about you know put out the next issue. Who cares yeah. about continuity, all that stuff? I think, especially you know, with with the Legion, you know, you have a bunch of people who want to do good, but also given that the they're also on a crunch here to get these people together. I think it's not just marketing; it's also a political thing. But it makes it also yeah. it, it's easier and makes more sense to get the team together faster. Right. Like it's it's, you know, Definitely, especially yeah. now that we're going to go on the next few pages, this is how it happens, you know, by governmental decree. It's not just about, you know, the TV and marketing. It's it's also politics. I mean, which is a, a uh -huh. I don't remember Youngblood as much. I, I do remember it, but um, I was never that big into that title. But this is for this run of Legion, at least for the good for first like a you know 20 issues or so politics is pretty big i mean you know that the uh yeah. madam chu is in the background a lot um and and you know i don't want to spoil anything but is is 
you know, it definitely drives the direction of the Legion, uh, yeah. you know, to a degree as well. It's, it's not apolitical. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, over the years, like superhero teams affiliation with governments has varied. Like ju- it used to be Justice League of America for a reason. And over yeah. time, they would become their own entity or go out of, in and out of like uh, affiliation with the government. And, you know, it, those kind of like politicking of superheroes has been around for a while, too. I mean, even yeah. even originally, weren't they right? weren't they dictated that they could only have 21 members by the UP? Twenty five. Like a. 25 members by the UP. That was like a government decision or was that a budgetary? No, it was a, uh, I mean, as stupid as it sounds, it was a tax thing. It, ah, it, yes. It, groups that had more than 25 members had to pay taxes. I see. It, so Superboy had to go away. So because they had 26 <laughs> members, that's why Superboy left. Of all the reasons <laughs> to leave, that break. one was the best. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what a stupid reason. <laughs> <laughs> and like the how, Avengers would get messed are, with by Rich or whatever his name was. Yeah. They, they're like, how are we going to get rid of Superboy? How can we take Super? Um, make it make it a, a, a tax thing. Great idea. <laughs> well, it worked for George Lucas in, um, in, uh, in the first Star Wars movie. You're not wrong. I don't, debatable how well it worked, quote unquote. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it like like it worked in the Legionnaires. You know, yeah, I, I guess it quote unquote worked. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, head to the next page and and um, cut to a new location. Uh, SP uh, headquarters, uh, Fort District, um, yes. and I, I believe we're on Mars. At this point, can I just say something about this this panel? I love this panel. We've been open to this page for a while. We've been talking, but um, I think Moy's done a really good job here of capturing what I would say is probably three eras of the Legion or more. Mm. Um, like there's clearly a Giffen building from the Baxter era, and then there's a dome from the SW6 era, and it looks a bit like a, a Telus. You remember the, the um, the planetoid where they had the Legion headquarters. It looks a bit like that, the other building. So I thought he's done a really good job here of saying, I'm going to homage things from different eras of the Legion. Yeah. yeah I got to say, he's also really good at like filling a room with like character and people. Yeah. It's not just yeah. the main characters and like a few others. It's like, this looks like an SP base full of people because it is. They're, yeah. they're all yeah. doing something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're not just standing. playing video games. Yeah, it's a rec room. The Baxter yeah. era, right? It's it's kind of like that. Remember the um, Dungeons and Dragons scene? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, that um, Lytle had done. Like, I think he's taking a heap of inspiration. Um, I think yeah. it, there's there's a reason behind all of this. No, because these cops are probably like 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Young a shout out to John Ford as well. Yeah. In the future, you retire at 29. So you got to get it in early. <laughs> so um again we're on we're on mars uh at this sp base and um first panel we have a uh, speech balloon says you should have seen the look on that on the perp's face it was priceless and then we go inside um our boy gim scared three cycles of growth out of the guy four it was a call, and then we have uh, Gim China. It was a collar stew. 
And a collar is a collar. Yeah, right. Guys all wall crawling 40 meters up the side of a building when the big man here, and he's pointing to uh, Gim, uh, when the big man here reaches up and taps him on the shoulder. Good thing he fell into your hands or we'd be scraping him into an envelope. Uh, and we got... Next panel says, enjoy his company, boys. This mook's going to be a captain before long. And then Gim saying, that's the goal. And um, he gets a a tablet with a message on it. It says, this came in for you, Lieutenant Allen. Thanks, Jay. 40 meters. His his friend Stu is still um, talking (laughs) about the collar. Yeah, this feels like... It's like Hill Street Blues, you know, meets, yeah. you know, the SPs or something. Um, <laughs> and Stu's asking, said, what do you got there, pal? Your promotion? And Gim says, huh? Something a lot more interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we move <laughs> on. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you uh, calling him by his proper name. I uh, don't even... <laughs> See. So he is uh, uh, Gim Allen is supposed to be 17 here. Okay. He's the uh, he was the oldest in the original Legion as well. Positively yeah. ancient. Indeed. Well, and I have to say, I do appreciate uh, the you know the reference to some sort of Spider-Man type character is it you know spidey spider-man 2994 i mean who are we getting brent were you gonna say something oh i was just gonna say like we were talking about those little um moy details there's a there's a starship enterprise on one of the monitors in the in the scene it's like he's putting so much into it i'm loving it oh yeah there it is yeah yeah. Well, that's it. That's an Easter egg from Moy. Take a drink. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. There's so so much detail. It's great. There's more coming on the next page. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. Turn to the next page. We're we're now at uh, Xanthu, and um, we've got some sort of announcer saying tomorrow, join Starboy, Atmos, and Kid Quantum for their fifth and final day of competition to determine which of Xanthu's finest will become this year's planetary champion. <laughs> so we've got two guys, shadowy guys in the background that's saying, our choice must be made now, Prefect Devado. Would that we had the luxury, Prefect Erickson. I hate to we and I believe this is uh, Prefect uh, Devado. says, I hate to weaken our own world's forces, but dare we endanger our newly formed bond with the United P- Planets? And then um, Prefect Erickson uh, says, I agree, Prefect. Taking everything into consideration, he is the best candidate for our task. Not Atmos and not Starboy. And then we have uh, Kid uh, 
the pre uh, this is prefect uh, Devado saying, "Kid Quantum, come with us." And um, we've got the non prote I'm assuming this is a non prote version. <laughs> no, it's oh. just a regular. Yeah, it's just a regular guy from uh, Xanthu. Well, he was no, never no. Protean. He was a, he was just buddies with him. No, he was. He was. Oh, he, was? Soul, he was the soul of. I of Antares. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that was that was a joke. You know, him uh, being yeah. a, This is not Garth Rand. He's not Protean. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Lightning Lad that is. Well, there's a revision. There's a revision that there's been, right? We've lost our Protean <laughs> Lottie. But, right? I don't, I don't know. Have, for now. We have lost we have lost Garth's Protean for now. Mm-hmm. And we've but also you see, got. But you see, Wade we, intended their spirit to pass on to the new universe. So Protean's spirit remains in Livewire. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've We're seen no say Prody again. We're going to say Prody again. And this is this would be the first time that these three characters, Atmos, um, Starboy, and Kid Quantum, have appeared but, together at the beginning of um, you know Legion history. So the biggest change we're seeing is that Atmos appears to have armpits. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah. Also, well, he has got clothes on. Maybe, maybe not. He's wearing a uniform. You can't necessarily see True. that he does have armpits. But now, Atmos was originally from Xanthu. Um, Kid Quantum was not. He was. That's from what Earth. I was just gonna ask. Yeah. He was originally okay. James Cullen from Earth. Mm. Not anymore. Not anymore. You know, Kid Quantum uh, says, "Now, Prefect, whatever it is, surely it can wait until after tomorrow's." And the Prefect and it says, "It cannot." And Kid Quantum's like, "No, no." I love the yes. way they're all getting these tablets handed to them with the secret message. It's like, you know, <laughs> what's happening? It's like it's like yeah. opening um, Wonka chocolate bars and getting golden tickets, you know. Getting <laughs> <laughs> drafted. Yeah. yeah. These yeah. are draft letters. <laughs> yep. And so uh, next scene, we're in some sort of lab. Um, we've got some technicians here. You know, one's eating a sandwich and reading something. We've got two looking at some um, monitors and some sens- sensors. Um, and then uh, one of them says, she's getting more coordinated every day, isn't she? And the other one says, spoken with understa- understandable pride. We finally taught her control. The question is, where do we go with her now? And then enters a, an SP officer. Actually, I believe I have the answer. And then one of the scientists says, what the? How dare you? The science police aren't even allowed in the station. And then the other scientist says, we resent this um, intrusion. And then the, the SP officer is like, yeah, you know, I, I really don't care. Here is, you know, the, the tablet with the, with the, <laughs> the message is that, yeah, yeah, file a complaint. But read the first. <laughs> he's like, but read the first tech heads. The order is from on high. Can I just point something out about tablets while we've got these two pages open? I think I can count about eight or nine different tablets appearing in scenes in this book. This this yeah. must have been the era where everyone was starting to get mobile phones. And, um, you know, I think Moy was trying to show that, well, in the future, everybody's got a tablet. You know, it's like cause they just well, keep appearing all the way through this well, issue. Well, because they had already had the uh, <laughs> the, Omnicom. the Omnicom show up in, yeah. uh, in, the, in the previous run. And, uh, and, and it, you know, really, it's um, 
you know, it's something that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's like, I remember when the first iPad came out and people were like, yeah, it's like a tricorder. And, um, and, you know, and, and really that's, I think what they were going for was, I mean, this is, this is 1994, right? So I think cell phones are still in bags. And yeah, but, need, but like, in the future, everyone had one, right? <laughs> it was like, yeah. it was, that's what I they were showing. Was, this is future tech. This was still yeah. BlackBerry time, wasn't it? In 94? Oh, um, no, it was, no. it was like, it was big ass Zach Morris phones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I had a family what? friend who was pretty tech savvy and they get a BlackBerry in probably like 97, 98. Okay. I don't know about 94. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, or no, it wasn't a BlackBerry. It was the other one. It was, um. Cause oh, I, 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 they were the the old Motorola's. Cause I mean, I, I live in, you know, in, in, uh, Blackberry te- territory because it's, uh, they're just a, a few miles, uh, West of here. And I, yeah, I don't know if it was that early. Um, I just love it. They're just like a fashion accessory all the way through this issue. It's <laughs> we're going to sell a lot of tablets, right? It, but it, but it, you know, and it was, um, you know the idea of uh, of of something like that did f- kind of feel, um, uh, you know, research in motion was actually started in 1984. Um, uh, probably different mission back then, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So so first BlackBerry device was introduced in 1999 as a two way pager. And so go. it wasn't until the, the the smartphone BlackBerry didn't come out until O two. Okay, yeah, but, so it was but, even but later than that. Yeah, things like this though were, you know, they they were kind of the stuff of uh, of science fiction legend uh, right. long before, and we we had seen them in in the Legion in uh, uh, certainly in five years later, and I mean we'd seen sort of similar things in. Uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, even in, even during the Levitt's run, but I but, think but it, it was it, sort of codified as like the Omnicom, for example, in, uh, in five years later. There very often future technology does end up dated, but this was pretty forward thinking ultimately. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tablet, yeah. Also quick question on this page. Anybody else have the original copy of this issue on hand? Like, yeah, I do. Okay, is, is the guy in the first panel gray, like Gray Hulk? In, yeah, in that he's, copy? A bit, he's a bit grayish. I would say his skin tone's probably Southeast Asian rather than. He miscolored his shirt. He looks, but he miscolored his shirt here, and he looks naked. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same color. It's the same wrinkled, color. The, that's his face. That's that's the default skin color for uh, for uh, um, East Asia, Bangladesh, India. I was actually wondering if it's her father, because well, maybe yeah. there's yeah, a coloring here. Later, and, and this guy, this guy looks like a kid. Uh, I think her father's got a he mustache. Appears, yeah, he's got a mustache. He's got a mustache. He's got a broom, okay. broom mustache. But him being like in the foreground with a focus on him and him eating the sandwich, it does make him seem important. Yep, he's not. But I don't think he is. <laughs> he doesn't have a speaking role. Yeah, given his given his uh, his posture, he's clearly low status in this. He's the kebab guy. We'll just call him that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we uh, cut to the final panel of this page, and we've got you know our debut of uh, Jenny Ogden's 
excess, you know, she's running, you know, through, um, I, I guess it, it's probably some sort of track or something. Um, kind of reminds me of that, like the, that speed room that they have on the flash TV show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it definitely, yeah, right. was definitely influenced by this for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've got the SP officer saying to everyone, says, gripe all you want, but Jenny Ogden comes with me. And we cut to the next page, a uh, new scene and a new draft letter being uh, distributed in this time. And I, you know, I believe we're on, uh, probably on Durla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've got a bunch of, you know, hooded Durlins, you know, you know, looking at this tablet, you know, Pat playing hot potato with it. And, you know, we've got them all speaking and then it ends up going to someone who we, if, if you are a fan, you just assume it's reap. And, um, he's like, you know, they got the classic look. It's like, it's, it's like shaggy, like zoinks me, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's not interlax. So we have no idea. No. Exactly. It's like this language back on page nine when they're all running out of the UP um, before the explosion. Yep. So I'm guessing there's a Durland representative to the UP. I think it's as simple as that. Have we seen this language before? In, in... Not looking like that. No. No, but no. we know there's a Durland, right? Because that's how they they're they're already a member of the UP. Because that's right. how like we we yeah, that's but, how they're getting this. Right. And then they must be if they're getting this this same message on the same kind of uh, tablet, then it must be a member of the UP. And I think I think we can have a go at translating the last panel, which is like, "You want me to join the Legion? Me? I think it's it's something like that, right? Right. Something like that. <laughs> there you go. We can. This could be our Rosetta Stone for translating this language. <laughs> And uh, then, then we cut to another SP officer dropping off a uh, draft notice. Um, they're, uh, bzz, bzz, they're clearly ringing some sort of doorbell. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Where, where, where on the duty roster does it say Officer Kuzamano, UP messenger, mm-hmm. to the rich and pampered? Come on, open up, golden boy. And the door opens, and she says, Lyle, Nor- Lyle Norg, greetings. I'm with the science police. I'm here to help you. She comes in. She's like, hello? Hello? Anybody here? There must be somebody. Yeah, somebody opened the door. <laughs> then we got, and then she takes off her helmet, and then Gigi's like, wow, nice place. This Norg fella must be doing awfully well for himself. Where does the money come from? And then, you know, we've got our uh, – we we actually finally see Lyle. He uh, pops up and says behind her, behind Gigi and says, oh, I did the EarthGov a, a couple favors. And, and Gigi's like, yee! How dare you sneak up on me like like that? And Lyle's like, eh, sorry, old habit. Gigi's like – is your dad home? <laughs> you know, like clearly assuming like, you know, uh, 
Lyle, <laughs> this is Lyle. This is uh, Lyle Norg Jr., not <laughs> Lyle Norg Sr. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do we have as his age, Michael? Sixteen. Wow. And oh, that's and, interesting. So he's older than Garth. And uh, so yeah, I didn't figure the, the read the rest of these. So James Cullen is sixteen. Invisible Kid is sixteen, and Excess is fourteen. So of the of the group that we've met so far. Uh, Livewire and Excess are 14. Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, Apparition are 15. Triad, Kid Quantum, and Invisible Kid are 16. And Leviathan is 17. Okay. Their drawing him is very short here, with, with Gigi actually leading over him. That's, yeah, yeah, that's why tidy. I asked, cause, Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty consistent in her look with what we've seen before. That hairstyle's carried over from the Baxter era. It's timeless. And yeah. we got more characters. And it's also, ba- isn't it she based on Levitz's wife? Yes. 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 So that haircut has to stay then, right? Because it's a reference. Basically. Probably, yeah. 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 And so uh, Lyle says, Dad, you're looking for Lyle Norg, right? Well, baby, look no further. <laughs> and then... Our um, last scene of the uh, the page, we're back in another lab. We've got somebody working on a console in the background. I'm gonna assume is Ron Vidar. Mm-hmm. Emitters on uh, uh, emitters online yet docs still uh, flexing, adjusting point ZZ5. And then again, we've got a um, unidentified SP officer it says Quarrel docs. I have a message from United and then he takes it from him. And then, you know, we get to get this next panel. It's classic dot. It's classic uh, quarrel. Thank you, officer. Mm -hmm. Show yourself out. And the officer says, but it's urgent. And then quarrel is like, yeah, I'm not even bothered with this. Hmm. Um, Ron try ZZ three, you know, he just kind of, and quarrel just slams the tablet on on a stack of looks like other tablets as well. Yeah, it has notes that says one of them says read immediately in capital <laughs> letters two exclamation points, and then yeah. fi- and then finally we kind of get a look at what these draft letters say. And uh, for, um, for uh, Docs, is it's attention, Coral Docs of Kolu, as per treaty between your government and the Federation of United Planets. You have been chosen to serve as your world's representative in the Legion of Superheroes. You are expected to report to Earth UP headquarters by 299405.31 for assignment of duty. Failure to do so will be interpreted as a breach of treaty. Congratulations. And then we have yeah, well, it's it's definitely Rond because he he names him there. So yeah, yeah, yeah this absolutely. is we've got an appearance of Rond. And so they've got a May thirty first deadline uh, to appear. I also want to point out that I thought it was funny. I noticed it only uh, when I reread this yesterday. Was that the scientist a few pages back with um, XS, the uh, uh, the blonde guy has the same haircut 
as Brainiac 5 or nearly the same haircut as Brainiac 5. And I was wondering, like, is this someone they're emulating or is this just a <laughs> look? Or, or another coloring error? Because hey. if you look, he's actually wearing the same white lab coat and gray shirt. So yeah, but maybe. but that would make no sense if it was like uh yeah he's wearing the almost the exact same shirt yeah I didn't even notice it but like that yeah. would make no sense that he's doing two different things like this. It's also so, it. so scientist standard issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, but we're, we're reading too much into it. <laughs> we need to like let people like emulate like uh, uh, Steve Jobs or something like that. Like, well, this guy he has a, he has a mullet. And, uh, you know, he wears this type of shirt and he's the smartest scientist. I want to be just like him. It's twenty nine ninety four. It's 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 way in <laughs> the 90s. Even in the future, it's the 90s. Still the 90s. <laughs> That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then it finally says to be continued in two weeks in Legion of Superheroes number 62. So I got to ask people who were reading this at the time, was yeah. that annoying yeah. that you had to read two titles? No, 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 no. Awesome. no. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. already reading them. Yeah, it, it was awesome because we because you only had to wait two weeks. Correct. Yeah. That's the right response. Yeah. More <laughs> Legion, more often. This was different than exactly like the Superman books were still trying to go like in the same title. Um, but occasionally they'd have crossovers, you know, it's like this one would focus on Metropolis and this one would focus on Superman and the justice league. And this one would focus on, you know, Superman and, and Lois or something like that. They had crossovers, intra title crossovers, but I think you could mostly still get away with just reading one oh. of the no, 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 no. Not no. by this time. Absolutely not. Because uh, there was there was stuff that was continuing from week to week all the time uh, by the time they started with the triangles. Well, it was 25 years ago. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably a bit different on this. I think I mentioned last week. Like I was not happy that I was I was getting this team twice a month. I was I was by this point. Well, before this, only buying the Adult Legion book. Yeah. And I'd, I'd stopped buying the SW6 book. I see. Like, They've doubled probably down on you. Issue 12. So I was like, yeah, I was, I was frustrated. And I was not enjoying these changes either. I was like, Kid Quantum joining before Starboy? I was, like, I was not happy. But, you know, <laughs> I hung in there. I hung in yeah, there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I I liked that they, that we got yeah we were getting two books of the Legion. I mean, um, you know, the, I could have gone with two more. <laughs> it, yeah, it was it was biweekly instead of monthly, so that was awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but do remember we were getting three at one point with Valor, Legionnaires, and Legion of Superheroes at one point. So yeah, they only, they only tied that together. Val- once they were getting ready to wrap up zero hour because, yeah. because the original valor series was valor in the 20th century and yeah. completely disconnected from valor in the 30th century. Oh, valor in the 30th century. Imagine we would have had two valor books. No, no, <laughs> but yeah, no, the, at the end. And remember like, 
you know, before this, um, as you say, Brent, like, like the, the two, the two titles were, were treated separately. And, um, you had a choice. I think that's what, that was the big change is you went from having a choice of which Legion you wanted to read to no, you're all getting this one. And I think that was probably a factor too. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, you know, there's no longer a choice. We've made this editorial decision that we're going young. And, and we saw that in the language through this book, you know, all of Garth's comments and quips and, you know, Tinia complaining about her mother. And, you know, this was a very teen book at the time. It was aimed at a a teen audience. And, um, you know, that's why we talked about the Archie Legion moniker that it gets. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it'd be interesting to hear from some of our listeners about, you know, their, their reactions to this at the time. And, you know, you know, we've got a pretty vocal um, Legion fan base out there. I'm sure this was yeah. one of the points at which some of that dissension started, mm-hmm. um, if it hadn't already started it during the five-year-later period, right, for others. So, uh, yeah, uh, interesting. Legion, I, fans I, have, Legion fans have had dissension, like, since the beginning. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. Since whatever issue they started reading, they've had dissension. I, I did go back and check, by the way, that when Emma Wazo's first appearance was the, um, uh, the, the, the Secret Origin. So, yeah. For that. Well, I can't remember. Well, I mean, some of the uh, Legionnaire parents had, diff- you know, different names in that uh, Dagon issue as well. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, so maybe she wasn't one of them. I can't remember who's not, not in that issue. Yeah. So there we go. Um, yeah. And, and again, just to, uh, sort of echo discussion of the, uh, of, of the art, like Moy's on fire here. He's having fun. Oh, I got my. to meet Jeff and Phil Moy um, at Comic Con in 2012, and um, they both did a sketch for me of um, White Witch, um, nice. which are both fantastic. And you know, the two of them have a, a fantastic um, sort of dynamic between them as well. If you ever get a chance to meet them at a con, I would highly recommend it. Um, they're lovely nice. guys, and um, they provide really affordable commissions. I assume you've got some, Travis, as well. Oh yeah, I've got a few. Yeah. Yeah, got some really noise. nice guys. Did you guys ever interview them? Not yet. We, uh, I, I ran into Jeff for the first time in years at Planet Comic Con in Kansas City last year, and uh, I told him that um, uh, you know we were coming up on the end of the five years later and starting the um, uh, the reboot, and he said to give him a call. Um, and he would love to come on and do an interview. Um, I think we had decided that um, we were going to wait a little bit. Um, yeah, get into the reboot. Yeah, get get him several issues into it, rather than get him just at the uh, at the start of his run. Yeah, because then there's actually specific things we can ask about because we'll be kind of they'll be top of mind. Yep. So he's on our list. Yeah, and we've also got obviously Phil Moy. When does Phil Moy start inking? Because he's inking as well, right? On this book, For a while. on on the other book, yeah. Corey Karani does the inks. He's um, I think this is what uh, Ron Boyd doing inks right now. Mm. On this book, on this book, doesn't he start on the other book? No, it's Moy. Well, yeah, he he and uh, who's the penciler on there? 
on the well, other book. It, well, it was Eminem was the oh, it's was Eminem number initially. Zero, but then Lee Motor takes over. Motor, that's it. Right. It was Motor and Boyd, and then um, uh, Corey Karani was Jeff's inker on um, on the Legionnaires book for quite a while. Hmm. Nice. Travis is just showing us a um, a sketch of. Um, Satin Girl, um, done by Moy on one of the um, the blank Legion covers. So you'll have to put that up on the Facebook page, Travis, for everyone to see. Ah, uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the kind of level of work that he does. Like you can see, you know, this one Travis has got has been hand-coloured as well. And, um, you know, he really loves the Legion. I think we're going to get a lot of Legion love from him. And you know, even though I started a bit grumpy on this teen Legion, <laughs> I would say Moy was probably one of the big factors why I stuck with it and yeah. started to enjoy it because the the level of detail, you know, and that was something I loved about five years later, that you got this level of detail in the text um, with the beer balms writing and, and putting in all those little gems about, you know, past stories and yeah. code names and locations and and um, I think we get a similar level, but in the art moving forward, that we get this yeah, fantastic reference. The the, there's another thing about the art in this is that it is such um, a, a change of pace from where comic art was going at the time. Mm. And, um, you know, where it was, uh, you know, at the time we, we were getting so much more, you know, sort of the, uh, the you know, the gritty, the... Uh, the um uh, i uh, you know eyes with no pupils and um and uh you know bfgs and gritting uh, teeth gritting teeth and uh and all kinds of cross hatching in the faces and, and uh and the groin and oh Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. groin the boy. weapons and the capes and yeah. Yeah. So we were getting uh, a very different, you know, you know, I mean, art, art, the, the art in comics was evolving in a very different way. And this was, um, you know, a, diametrically opposite to that, you know, it was uh, a very different, uh, you know, certainly more rounded kind of thing, like, like, yeah, it was it was just it was very different from what from the the sort of the um, where where the art trends were were going at, at the time. Do we, do we think that um, the the original Legionnaires book might have had a bit of an influence on this decision? Whether I, I wonder, Michael, do you, I don't know if you have any info on the sales of the of the the sort of the end of the five years later period, whether Legionnaires was actually outselling Legion because. Yeah, there was clearly some editorial decisions to sort of give it a try and see which one might stick. Um, um, and I wonder if sales had something to do with this decision as well. Let's see. So going back into my archives, um, the let's see, so Legionnaires, uh, oh, yeah, unfortunately, there was an issue, um, not an issue, there was a um, the way that sales were presented changed over right about this time, and um, like going between Capital City and Diamond, this was around um, uh, the time when uh, 
Diamond was taking over as the um, uh, the, the 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 monopoly on distribution, and so what I have is uh, kind of estimated numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Legionnaires number nineteen, or sorry, Legionnaire uh, number nineteen, is the first one that I have data from both companies on is about thirty-five thousand copies. Um, Legion Volume Four um, was about uh, number sixty-two. Uh, was I've got thirty-four thousand seven sixty versus thirty-five thousand six twenty for Legionnaires. So less than a thousand copies separated the two of them. Mm. But sixty-two is the is the first next issue. I- yeah, next issue. Yeah, okay. <coughs> yeah. And the well, numbers the the sales numbers just don't exist for the zero issues, or at least they have not been made public. Yeah. Now and and, and I mean we know already that that the uh, the Legionnaires book, you know, was originally supposed to be um, kind of a retelling of the you know the original stories of yesteryear uh, because we we had a who's who page on it. That's right, right. And so right. we were we were originally supposed to get the, you know those stories um, and sort of that background. Um, from this perspective. So the idea was already there a couple, a good couple of years before this. Yeah. And so I, I think as, yeah, as we launch into this, we have to recognize this run sticks around for a long time. Like we, we're, yeah. we're about to enter a really long run um, with a consistent feel. Um, and, you know, we've even seen since like when um, Jeff Johns tried to do sort of, you know, the origins of the Legion in, in adventure comics when he relaunched adventure comics, it was not a very popular book. Like sales wise, um, I spoke to Jeff himself about that and he said, yeah. Oh, no one bought it. Um, and I think that, you know, this run had something about it. And I think Paul, you're, you're touching on a point. That's a really important one is that I think it had that utopian optimism that, you know, the very yeah. early Legion stuff had, you know, which is, you know, the future's bright, the future's better. And it was a real contrast to, you know, all the Batman stuff that was around at the time and, you know, the dark, you know, gunslinging heroes and murder and death that was going on in so many other comics. And that's what time, I'm saying. Right? And the art, the artwork really supports that. And it's, it's, um, you, you know, again, like, you know, five years later went into that whole kind of thing because that's where where everything else was going. And they, you know, they 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 certainly did some. They, they you know, uh, Giffen certainly innovated with a lot of stuff that that was that he was doing there as far as uh, different different techniques and that sort of thing. But you know, the um, I, I think in this case there were there was they there was a you know they were certainly looking for an antidote to all of that. And, and so, you know, it's like, well, you know, we've been all about these adult characters, but you know, the original concept was all about them being younger characters and, uh, and, you know, our readers able to identify them because with, with them, uh, because of that. And, um, and, you know, so, so they started out with this idea 
to do um, a series where it was like, you know, looking back at when they were younger. And um, and then that morphed into the whole SW6 thing. And and now we have this where it's where it's kind of, you know, yeah, let's go back to that. But instead of having it be tell the stories of the past in this continuity, it's like, let's just start a new continuity and start telling these stories. So as far as sales go, the last real good data point I've got is January or is early 89, which is um, the towards the end of the Levitt's run, uh-huh. so volume three. Uh, sales were about 60,000. And then we have a period where uh, the Legion was direct sales only and yep. There's not a good record, public record, of what the sales are, um, really, until 1994. So for a five-year period, all we know is that sales were dropping. So you're saying there's a five-year gap? Uh, not a gap, but but close. Um, <laughs> but by the time we by the time we pick up with the zero-hour issues, we're at about thirty-six, thirty-seven thousand, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a dip. It drops it down below 20 and it comes back up at final night. Uh, I'm not sure if those are how good those are, but basically it's, it looks like it's almost a straight line um, until you get to early 2000 when Abnett and Lanning came on um, and then sales picked up and they, they basically, they continued to go up under Abnett and Lanning until it was canceled for the uh, three boot. Right. Yeah. The, the, um, you know, that the, that's the other thing to remember, uh, is, you know, we were well into the ascent of the direct market and, um, and really the, the sort of the, the end of the, of the newsstand market. Um, at least, to the degree that it was before. So, you know, to the thing to remember is when you look at those earlier sales is that a lot of that stuff got pushed out and was, and of course was, um, you know, I guess partially returnable. Um, but it was a, it was a different market and there were a lot more points of distribution. And, uh, and when that changed, that really, you know, had a, had a profound effect on the, on the sale of books I think he also got into where um, we were seeing a lot of expansion of the market, you know, the whole speculation uh, side of the market. And um, so it was a very different world than what we had seen before. Mm. And we've got covers here with with that silver um, print, um, as we said before, too, which is part of all of that. Um, You know, we're about to enter the the hollow cover era. for books and things as well. But I think the other thing to note with the, as, as we sort of launch into this era is, you know, is that sort of perennial issue with Legion that we start getting into reboot territory. And um, we've had a move from the Baxter era into five years later and, you know, dissension amongst fans. And now we're moving into another one. Um, and, uh, and we begin a cycle of, of doing that. Um, from from the nineties forward, um, yeah. For, which you'd have to say, Legion has suffered to some degree. Like we're, we, the sales have never really got back to 
and, and comic sales in general obviously dropped as well. But you know, yeah. it, it's it's been a, an interesting thing that's raised enormous commentary ever since. You would say in terms of the the reboot concept and whose legion is it? And they were clearly trying to get new readers in. And I looked at this book and thought this would be a really good book at that time to mm-hmm. give to your kids. Like you'd, you'd quite safely give this book to your children. Absolutely. Knowing that the content would be appropriate. And um, I think what they missed was that their audience probably wasn't children. Um, and that, as you were saying, Paul, with the direct market comics, um, that the the audience wasn't the newsstand audience anymore. No, and, and, this- and, and hadn't been for a while. And, uh, you, you know, I mean, just – you know, look at the letters pages for some, for a lot of examples of that, um, yeah. you know, and, and, um, you know, the average age of the, of, of, of the comic reader was, was, was clearly changing. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't have any, any data on that, but, uh, but you can sort of see with a lot of the, the expansion of, uh, of mature reader titles and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of evidence to support that, um, that was all going on in the 80s, though. Yeah, but we were seeing even more of it now, right? Like, you know, now it was, uh, you know, there were there were even more uh, titles like that. So, you know, yes, in the 80s, you saw the, the growth of it. And, you know, like DC had like three titles. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, added Sandman and that, ex- and that expanded a bit, but then it, it you know, so then you had uh, a lot more of it happening and that is that, you know, that's obviously a response to a, to an, 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 you know, to the fact that there is a more mature audience that that's reading this stuff. Now, um, I don't know how, about the, the newsstands in your, your, um, in Canada or the States, but. Here in Australia, this book would never have got onto a newsstand. Um, you know, the people manning kiosks or whatever here would just choose Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. If it didn't have those words in the title, it wasn't going to get there. Yeah. And I think, you know, probably, in, in, and I'm speaking for Australia, but probably for many countries, the, even just the loss of the word Superboy from the title took it off the newsstand. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I do remember seeing Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes books as a kid on on newsstands in Australia. And um, yeah, this book yeah, wasn't I mean, a mainstream uh, title. It wasn't going to cut that. And, I mean, that was, you know, I, I know for me that was where I, where I bought Legion books up until um, – well, obviously, up uh, you know, up until the – well, really, for me, up until Omen and Prophet. Um, but, um, you know, and and it, it, there was a particular uh, store that I had to ride my bike to to get that book. <laughs> and it wasn't the one that was around the corner from me. Um, and the big change was that the, the issue wasn't always there. I remember doing the same thing, Paul, and yeah. going in, and I'd be get there for number 17, and it would just never come. And you'd, come, you'd go back the next week, and it wasn't there, it wasn't there. And someone yeah. else had bought it, obviously, and the, the owner was only buying one copy of that book. <laughs> Basically, and yeah. you didn't get it. Um, and, and, look, that was the good thing about the comic shop industry and that, you know, you knew you could go in, you could have a standing order, you could, you know. Yeah, you know. Guarantee they, they, that you're going to read a story from beginning to end. And so, I, I you know, I, 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 you know, I mean, I know that this, uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I you know, that I didn't see many newsstands at this stage 
that that still had them and most that did you know it was it was uh um you know it was other comics it was uh you know some of some of them were um you know sort of alternate lines and that kind of thing but for the most part it would it would be like a you know oh well here's a bunch of spider-man issues and and that sort of thing um but but that stuff was all going away at this stage and um It'd be interesting to hear from some of our overseas listeners as well, because yeah. um, I, I in eighty ninety three actually moved and permanently uh, to live in Argentina and was there for the next eight years. And I used to, um, I did actually see Legion on the newsstands there, translated into Spanish, um, yeah. often in collected tomes where they put you know six issues together and bind them, um, right, as reprints and A novel um, concept of the time. Absolutely, but you could actually get whole runs that way in in Argentina. And I know um, that a lot of the DC stuff was really popular in Brazil at the same time, and we've had lots and lots of artists come out of both of those countries um, due in no small part to some of these books actually penetrating into the newsstand um, industry there. So the distribution of the sort of Spanish and Portuguese translations was actually very good at the time. And they're figures we never get to see. Um, and, you know, we saw when DC had its issues with distribution just a few years ago, um, they they totally forgot about that market initially. There was oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my local comic book store here, you know, went for weeks and weeks not even knowing who or how they were going to actually order comics. DC didn't even think about it at the time. And yeah. um, then suddenly someone in an office said, oh, you realise that's 40% of our sales. Um, we, we better actually stop and come up with a method to get comics out to the rest of the world. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, <laughs> so, look, I, I, it'd be really interesting to know and, and to um, – you know, and we've and we've had artists like um, Francis Portella come from Spain. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had quite a few chats with him in in Spanish online, and he just loves the Legion. And um, he was one of those kids picking up Spanish editions. Yeah. Um, and and building that love for for the Legion at the time. So. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. Interesting, and, and we, we shouldn't yeah. be distribution cast anymore. Though we should go back to talking. That's about right. <laughs> the team. <laughs> All right. Anyone else got anything to add on this issue? No, I think it's a, an incredibly strong start. Um, and, you know, to yeah. what, what, like, what's pointed out, like, yeah, I forgot how great and long this run was. And this was my first full run. I mean, I came in five years later, I guess is technically my yeah. first full run. But, you know, I wasn't really the, – all the Levitt stuff it was, you know, Great Darkness and stuff. I, I got into the Great Darkness trade paperback and then – before that, I'm still collecting some of that stuff. The uh, yeah, truly before the Magic Wars. I mean, I love it, um, and it's yeah. great, and I love that Giffen stuff. But it is, it's, it's this was like the run for me, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I wonder. I, I you know, I, I really, I, I never thought to ever check on sales. You know, I'll just live and die by whether it's canceled or not. Um, you know, if they keep doing it, yeah, yeah, but. But I, you know, it's, and I remember like it was starting to dip a little, and then uh, uh, the DNA guys took over, and that like it, it was great again. And Oliver, uh, oh, how do I pronounce it, Copel, Copel, um, his art was amazing, and it was kind of like a little darker, but still generally kind of the same team. And then yeah, I, I n- never understood why they just reboot them. I mean, they're actually like floating around the multiverse now. Like they didn't kill them off. They're there, <laughs> but like they're just kind of like, no, 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 we're cool. We'll be in the multiverse floating around. 
Legion of Three Worlds. Yeah. Oh, got Legion of Four Worlds coming. They're coming back. Don't worry, Justin. We'll yeah. Them again. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, good. Uh, I mean, the, the only upside is, I, you know, and I don't know, this, maybe the getting rid of Elseworlds around this time or around like that time, because you don't really get Elseworlds that much anymore. But um, maybe that's the problem. But like, I, I kind of like, I mean, I don't, the Bendis stuff is, is coming out too infrequently for me to fully enjoy. Um, you know, it seems like it's yeah. just fits and starts, but I kind of was digging the direction they were going in in some ways. Like it, it was different. I, and I liked the three boot. Like I, I thought Wade and Kitson did a great job, but it was totally unrecognizable, <laughs> like from where we were. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I don't know, maybe, maybe Legion is one of those titles that either becomes like Hawkman and just gets too convoluted and you, you're, you're going to be in a mess forever now, you know, like there is no, even Jeff Johns kind of screwed it up, but there is no way it's going to ever be, you know, a, a simple direct line and, and easy to tell, you know, but, mm-hmm. but then again, I guess what, what comic book is if, if it's been published for more than 30 years? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's certainly the, the, the case these days. Um, I don't think it's a question of convoluted. I think there's this, this problem with the, well, this general problem where they can't decide, do they want the Legion to progress or do they want the Legion to be its core concept? Because we've mm-hmm. had the Legion Progress story, which was five years later, and it was very dis- divisive. Yeah, and, and it's like they and, want to and the retro that. boot was that as well. You know, it, it was a and now it was closer. It was kind of a um, trying to have build, it both ways. Down. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, like it's like we've team and you got the adult Legion. Uh, well, we've we've moved forward. Oh, uh, yeah, we've moved forward, um, but not entirely. And, um, and, and I mean, that, I mean, that also, you know, it's, it, it, it can't really, you know, to compare the sales for that, it, you know, it also, um, w- was at a particularly low web for comic sales. Um, and, and I think that's one of the strengths of this though, Paul, is that they, they kind of say, look, we're changing things and we're just going to move ahead and, yep. You don't like it, bad luck, and and we found out pretty quickly into this run that the changes are coming. And um, yeah, and and, I, and you know, as I said earlier, they they had a huge run on it. Like this book was a long run of Legion, and um, yeah. you know, they they held their ground, I think, through this period and said, "This is what you're getting." And I think this was this must have come out of Zero Hour as well, because this wasn't the only DC title that had a change in direction. Yeah, and yeah. stuck to it. And, and part of this was fixing up the problems caused by Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like, you know, let's remember where Zero Hour came from. It was a, it was, it was a book that was supposed to fix some of the problems created by the crisis. And um, so I think, I think that's one of the reasons we do get a solid run here is that editorial made a decision that some of this stuff is now going to be canon and, and we're just going to move forward. And this team clearly were given a lot of freedom yeah. to make changes. Yeah. So... We will see not only the changes that they've made, um, you know, as we progress into the series, but we will also see the the reboot series um, diverge further and further from what we had seen before. You know, they started out kind of not rehashing, but but going over some of the uh, some things that had happened before, but in a slightly different way. And then eventually they just dropped all that and it became its own thing 
and not we're redoing the old stuff again. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they certainly went uh, in a lot of new directions, uh, but, you know, at the core at the beginning, um, they really kind of, you know, looked at uh, what had happened in, in Legion history and found. Was it, a, uh, was, it, was it a bold new direction, Paul? Oh, oh, I, I wouldn't go that far. Not without Darren here. Oh, okay. Um yeah, but uh, but I think they you know they they took a, a good dig into uh, Legion history and uh, found a way to uh, to put a shine and uh, and to make that history um, you know uh, kind of uh, come alive for uh, for a newer generation. Um, and so, hey, speaking of Legion history, um, Michael, did anything happen this week in Legion history? Um, well, as it happens, yes. Oh, um, again. So we have, uh, let's see, last year or last week, uh, I gave you the class of 2017, and uh, Bugs Bunny won by a hair over, ah! Dick, <laughs> over, over Dick Grayson, who was not yet a Legionnaire. This was this was Robin sixty six, or Robin from the Batman sixty six version. Right. Yes. Yes. So the class is twenty seventeen. Um, we have uh, a number of characters, Supergirl series, which during this time featured uh, Monel, Brainiac Five, and Dreamer. Yeah. Uh, we did have uh, the introduction of Dreamer herself at the beginning of season four, uh, but we also had. Um, early in season four, uh, Agent Liberty, President Phil Baker, Manchester Black, Otis Graves, and Lena Luther, uh, and also Lauren Haley. Uh, you know who all the others are. Lauren Haley was the interim secretary of the uh, Department of Alien Affairs. <laughs> she was she was appointed by President Baker uh, President Baker to oversee the DEO. All right. Uh, now. Over in the Flash TV series, we had XS as a new character. Oh, that's right. And so she got to meet all of Team Flash and and the uh, the villains from that era, which included, uh, let's see, Iris West, uh, Elongated Man, Frost, Jay Garrick, Gypsy, Cecile Horton, uh, Vibe, Harry Wells, and Joe West. And then villains, Cicada 1 and 2, um... Uh, Ragdoll, Thinker, Weather Witch, and Zoom. And so Excess uh, got to meet all of those recurring characters. And we did have a couple in the comics. Uh, Doomsday Clock was uh, was speeding along there, um, <laughs> uh, coming out on schedule. And so Imra at the time was hanging out with Rorschach 2 and Johnny Thunder. So those are the 25 characters for the class of 2018. Oh, my. Which is uh, five years ago, because we are 2023. But um, we also have, back in uh, in our regular class of 20, uh, sorry, of Legion history, going all the way back 50 years to 1973, we have a Legion of Superheroes Volume One, issue number two. Um, this was the four-issue reprint series where they reprinted things and 
nobody is quite sure why they reprinted those stories. (laughs) This was a um, uh, Adventure 333, the war between Krypton and and Earth. Uh, And Earth, it was the Atlanteans. And so uh, if you want to listen to that, that was all the way back in episode 37. In a row? 40 years ago, January 20th, 1983, was Legion Volume 2, number 298. The Legion investigates a murder on a mining asteroid and runs into an old enemy while Duplicate Boy brawls with Colossal Boy Boy over Shrinking Violet. And we also had a preview of the new Amethyst series. Oh, yes. And that was back in episode 98. 35 years ago, January 19th, 1988, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 3, Number 46. A secret conspiracy is formed within the Legion. What is their mysterious motive? This is part one of five. Brainiac 5 and the other Legionnaire and three other Legionnaires have a secret pact that could potentially destroy the Legion. Meanwhile, Atmos's arrogance prohibits him from being allowed to join the Legion. Chameleon Boy undercover goes to Rimbor in order to be able to be recruited into the new gang of the newest Starfinger. And if Darren was here, he would sing Starfinger. Yes. Yes, he would. Uh, meanwhile, Tellus is able to gather information from Saturn Girl that there is indeed a conspiracy going on. And that was episode 396. 30 years ago, January 20th, 1993, is Valor number five. Uh, thanks to the Legion's Vril, Dro- Vril Docs, that is the L E G I O N, Valor must go directly to jail, rendered powerless under the Red, St- red Sun system of Starlag 2, Valor sends out a distress call that is answered by the Blasters. And that was part of our first part of the Valor yada yada. Um, And then that same day in 1993, Legion Volume 4, Number 41. Since their very discovery, there has been one question on everyone's mind. Which Legion is the real Legion? The SW6 batch or the adults? As both Brainiac Fives will discover, an easy question does not mean an easy answer. (laughs) The SW6 batch decides to stay on New Earth and become its new protectors, the Legionnaires. And Reap Daddle gives up his spot on the Adult Legion to Jacques and becomes mentor to the Legionnaires. And that was episode 655. 25 years ago, 1998, Legends of the Legion number two featuring the post-zero-hour origin of Spark. And if we're talking about the origin of the Rans uh, siblings... There must be Lightning Beasts of Warball. Take a drink, yes. Lightning Beasts, indeed. And we will get to that roughly in early 2026. 15 years ago in 2008, Darren's not here to stop me, so countdown number 15... (laughs) Uh, in Bloodhaven, Brother Eye assimilates the remains of the city along with Firestorm and the Atomic Knights. Uh, Karate Kid wonders why Desaad came to Bloodhaven and is alarmed when he contemplates the possibility that Desaad deliberately left the boom tube generator for Brother Eye to assimilate. Uh, the same day in 2008, Legion of Superheroes in the 31st Century, number 10. An ancient legacy catches up with Brainiac 5 when he learns the terrible secret of his great-great-grandfather, Brainiac 1. One uh, of it's Superman's not great. greatest enemies. 
To make it up to Superman, Brainy takes him on a trip to his home planet's past, but an unexpected detour to the Phantom Zone could mean disaster. Maybe he'll run into Monel with where Monel's like, hey, you know, could be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ten years ago, 2013, Legion lost volume two, number 16, Superboy and the Ravagers guest star. In order to save billions of lives, the lost Legionnaires must decide if they are willing to sacrifice millions when they detonate a bomb that will destroy the alien machine from Dagor. Plus, more on the origin of Harvest, special final issue. And that was episode 230. Uh, so it was the final issue of Legion Lost. It was. Ah. Uh, five years ago, 2018, Supergirl episode uh, 310 called The Legion of Superheroes. Struggling to heal from her injuries inflicted by rain, Supergirl remains in a dreamlike state, unable to be reached. Monel recruits one of the Legion members, Brainiac 5, to try, to try and bring her back. Meanwhile, Rain continues her rampage on the city, so the DEO teams up with the Legion to try and stop her. And at this point, the Legion consisted of Monel and Brainiac 5 and Saturn Girl, and that was it. Because mm. they couldn't afford more Legionnaires, I guess. Tax purposes, I'm sure. I guess, yes. We, we did find out that, that uh, Val was a member, and uh, uh, we learned that uh, Dreamer's ancestor was a member, and we learned that when Windshot went to the future, he married uh, a woman named Ayla, and they had a kid, so there's more Legion stuff than you remember. Uh, yeah. And then 970 years from now, on January 15th, 2993, during the five-year gap, uh, E. Davis Esther, a.k.a. Calamity King, is transferred to the Weisinger Chambers. And that is This Week in Legion History. Well, outstanding. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, I want to thank everyone who joined us uh, this week and last uh, for this uh, extra special look at the zero issues. And uh, and uh, I, I appreciate everybody's uh, everybody's voices and uh, and and sharing uh, your experiences uh, with the book because um, um, you know that this is uh, this is how we become legion is by having a whole bunch of different uh, voices on the show talking about it. So uh, uh, again, uh, you know, Brent and, uh, and and Justin and Mo, uh, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, um, so, you know, folks, um, you may have uh, stories of your own uh, um, international translations of the Legion. I know Alejandro Torres does because he's told us about them in the past. Um, and uh, you can tell us all about those at uh, uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. Uh, you may also have a story about how you too were rebooted into a younger version of yourself. <laughs> and uh, you can tell us all about that on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. Uh, we are also on the Twitter where we are LOSP Podcast, and you can tell us about your favorite uh, tongue shot from Jeff Moy. Wait, that sounds wrong. It does. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can correct that and make it sound less dirty uh, by uh, sharing it to our uh, website, uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble. Again, it's a little different in here. The pink fuzz has kind of like a, a you know, there's like a whole different backstory to it. Um, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll figure it all out, and we will see you all next week. Don't you wish Darren was here right now? <laughs> <laughs>